welcome to a mini breakdown with Ashley and Chris, where they answer your questions and meet with real brides to break down their wedding every week. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday. Can you believe it's the end of another week? I am so pumped for this weekend. Yes, the weekend is here and you get to kick it off with an episode of The Breakdown. What better way to go into the weekend, right? I can't think of a better way for people. I can't either. It's going to motivate you to be able to tackle the things that maybe aren't the most exciting things that you're maybe dreading on doing, dreading on doing. But, you know, we all get our house things and personal life things done on the weekend. So that's really why we like to release this as you're going in to make you feel pumped and rejuvenated to yeah. rec- not, I was going to say to record but but some people I mean. also I think yes they do that but I think some brides are probably maybe there's some people out there that are like I got some wedding planning that I'm going to get done this week exactly. this weekend I'm going to yeah. get to it yeah so uh, we have, we are going to attempt to tackle four episodes again this week. And we kind of have a trend this week uh, with with our questions that we've had. There's a mental health kind of theme that's going on with all of these questions. And so thank you to everyone who has been sending us questions. But uh, without any further ado, Ashley, you want to dive right in? I do. I do. This. Let's go ahead and do it. This first question is something that girl, I just want you to know, I feel you. I feel you hard. I don't, I'm not planning a wedding right now, but I feel you in this aspect of just life. And her question is, well, it's not really a question, her statement and what she really is struggling with and needs help with is the anxiety of planning is keeping me from the joy and the presence of today. It's leading me to less sleep this week. Yes. And that is a, that's a heavy thing. You know, I have not had to carry the whole weight, excuse me, of planning a wedding normally as the male, the man, that weight does not fall on us. But, uh, I saw the toll that it kind of took on my wife and I see the toll that it takes on the brides that I work with. And it is no easy task to plan a wedding. It's already hard. Even when you're not in a pandemic, it's way, way, way more elevated during one as well. Yeah. I mean, first of all, you you should know that you're not alone. We, as women, it's just generally women, feel that anxiety and that weight of having to make all these decisions. And I think that something that you can do to maybe feel better or like it's not so heavy is carve out 20 minutes and do one of your wedding tasks. Not the whole thing. We're not looking at the giant list of all of the things that you have to get done. We're looking at one thing. And maybe you just commit to doing one thing a day. Maybe that's one thing every single day where you carve out 10 to 20 minutes each day, same time, every day. I mean, if you're that kind of person. And you're going to tackle it. Or maybe that just means you're going to do one thing every day of the weekend. So you're going to do one thing on Saturday and one thing on Sunday. And then that can help you know you're still moving forward. You're not avoiding it. I think avoiding it can cause some anxiety. Yep. And I think that those are active, proactive things that you can take to make you feel like you're really making some progress. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. I think that um, this idea of tackling it one one piece at a time. Um, and also I would encourage you to like, 
sometimes it's really hard to get in the, in the mode to plan. Um, but then there are other times like, and maybe you're not feeling creative or, or you feel like, Hey, these are the tasks that I really enjoy knocking out. Like they require a level of excitement and creativity to do. Maybe you don't try to do those things when you're feeling that way. Maybe you knock out the things that are boring, like sending emails to vendors, like, Oh, I need to update uh, our DJ with our timeline. Let me go ahead and do that. You know, these things that are, you know, lame, <laughs> like they got to get done. They're not very fun, but you got to do them. Maybe you handle those when you're not feeling creative or, or um, motivated. And then you handle, you know, the creative things when you are feeling motivated, that might be a, a yeah. nice thing to do and to keep in mind as well. Yeah. I love that. I mean, you could even, if you're a list maker, make a couple of different lists of like, here's creative tasks and here are mundane tasks that I can do while I am sitting and watching the bachelor on Monday night. For sure. So, uh, and then as far the second half of that was that it's, it's affecting sleep. And I think that that's pretty normal. Like when you have something that your anxiety, we've talked about this, it's the fear of something that might potentially happen. Um, I mean, if you are thinking and you're trying to go to sleep and it, for some reason, it's like our brains sometimes kick it into high gear when we're trying to, oh, to go sure. to sleep. Something that you might do before sleep to help with that is to try to find some sort of release to let go of that tension and that anxiety that your body is feeling. Um, maybe that's with uh, a run or a workout. Some people that wakes them up. Other people, it may exert the energy that they need. Maybe it's taking a warm bath and letting like that warmness of the bath like kind of pull that out of you or, or something along that nature. I would encourage you to find some sort of release. For me... Because it runs wake me up. Chris and I have talked about this. He likes to work out yep. at night. I like to work out in the morning. But it, I say that like I work out these days. But anyways. <laughs> when you do. When, when I do. With what helps me when I'm feeling extra anxious and I have a lot of my mind and I can't sleep is I pull out a piece of paper. So I, I liked to, when I was wedding planning, have just a journal. It was all wedding planning stuff inside of this notebook. And I had it on the side of my bed and I carried it with me throughout my house. I work from home. A lot of us do now. And I carried it with me throughout my house. But before bed, I would write down everything that's on my mind. And literally, it's a brain dump. And what that does is you're allowing your mind to rest because your mind's no longer needing to remember these things. So let's that's say like, you have all of your tasks written somewhere else. But what you keep thinking about, because you're not stressed out about trying to remember this task, you're like, ooh, I need to text my mom and send her the pictures of her mother of the bride dress that like she's, it's really stressing her out and I need to send her a few photos. That's not on your to-do list, but it's on your mind, right? Put it down on paper. Even if it's something that's not important, just start writing it down. It's yeah, going to allow really your good. brain to relax. I should have done that last night. I was thinking about bills and when certain things were due and paying things. I should have. And that actually happens to me quite a bit. I think next time what I'm going to do is I'm going to brain dump it all. Um, all because that is, I worry about forgetting something yeah. is what it is. And so you, you I think that's a, a really pressure. good practice. Yeah. It's literally been life changing. I had to force my husband to start doing it. But ever since he did, I always used to say like, where do you keep that information? And he's like, in my mind. And I'm like, well, that's not very good because your <laughs> mind can't hold all that information. It was good. <laughs> but yeah, highly Sweet. suggest. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for sending us that one. Are we giving names today? Are we saying names? Well, yeah, I don't think we should say names. Okay. We're not going to say names. Thank you for sending that one. And we still appreciate our, it. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Uh, our next question, Ashley, do you want to read that one? Next question is? Yes. 
how not to regret your wedding after the fact. And this is a bride who has already been married. So she got married this fall. And so she's saying, how, how can I not regret it? So this is that. So she's already lived her day mm-hmm. and it, it came, it happened, and now she is filled with regret. Maybe when she thinks about that day, uh, maybe when she looks back at photos, pictures, because mm-hmm. pictures stir memories. Mm-hmm. Not that the photos were bad, but they bring back memories, mm-hmm. you know, and that's that's hard. Yeah, it is really hard. And, you know, I want to say like our initial reaction was, well, what what is your why? What is your win? But that's preemptive. You haven't had the wedding yet where you can focus on the why and the win. This is, you've already had it. That's not, that's not going to be helpful for you anymore. So Chris, what would you say to her? To anyone that is feeling any sort of regret in their life. I think that there's a tendency with regret to go, I can't feel this emotion. This is not a good emotion. I should not let myself feel this because a lot of times regret comes from very personal and very big, like life altering decisions that are made. Sometimes they have to do with people. Sometimes they have to do a lot of times. I think the ones that we regret have to do with people. Um, and so I think we avoid allowing ourselves to feel those emotions because we don't want to hurt someone else's feelings, even though they don't know what's going on inside of our head. And so I think first off, what I would say to anyone, bride, groom, anyone who is wrestling with this would be to let them know you have permission to feel the regret that you have. And I would encourage anyone who has this regret to allow themselves to feel it, to carve out time and to allow themselves to feel these negative emotions that we have. These emotions aren't meant to be pent up and kept inside. Like they, they trigger something in us that lets us know that there is a response. Now you can have a bad response to regret uh, that does not lead to growth and that isn't healthy, or you can have a good response to regret that can actually like push you towards other emotions. But if it's just ending with regret and you're just sitting in it, that's not good either. It looks like you wanted to say something. So I wanted to let oh, you Oh no, that. you're totally fine. I, I mean, I think everything that you're saying is true. I think when you feel the emotion, you can feel a lot of like guilt and shame. I think are words yeah. that are tied to regret. And especially when it comes to your wedding, it's not something that you want to continue to mull over or you don't want to be ungrateful for this feel or this event that you spent so much money on and you feel maybe guilty because your parents forked over so much money or you paid so much money and you woke up feeling ambivalent. I think it's very natural to feel guilt and shame. And I just think that you need to know it's okay that you're feeling that way without guilt and without shame. It's natural that you're going to have these moments. And like Chris is saying, feel it, give yourself the permission to mourn whatever went the way that maybe you weren't planning. Yeah. And I think that, that, that you threw in that word mourn. And, and I think that that is the appropriate word to use because a lot of times regret comes, I think maybe there's other instances, but I think in this instance and other instances, regret can be tied to the death of a dream or the death of like something that you really, something that's important to you. And I think regretting your wedding 
day and the way that the, the events unfolded on the day is the death of something that was supposed to be so special. And so you can and should mourn it. Now, we can't live in that space. We can't right. live in this constant state of regret and mourning. But I think it's important that you carve out time maybe an evening, maybe you do it alone, maybe you do it with some girlfriends, maybe you do it with your fiance, if they are also having regrets. You you stop what you're doing, you carve out the time, hey, it's gonna happen this day, and you find ways to release that regret. Maybe uh, you, you journal it all out, you write all of your emotions, unfiltered, raw, with as many expletive, expletive, expletives? Expletives. Say? expletives as you want to have in that and and just let it out as if no one else were going to read that yes and and you let it get out maybe you drink wine maybe you drink a beer uh how whatever it however you can mourn best if that's alone or with others do that Mm -hmm. stop keeping it trapped inside of you Yes, because you have to have that release and, and you won't, you will not be able to move forward without some type of release. Yes. And then once you do that, you know, make a commitment before you go into it. I'm going to allow myself to mourn and feel this. And then I'm going to begin to make conscious efforts to move forward. And I think one of those ways that you can do that is writing out some of the things that you loved about that day. And maybe if the only thing that you loved about that day is that you married your person, then damn, that's a really good thing. Really like, good thing that you married your person and there is reason to celebrate in that you two are stronger together, even though your day didn't go the way that you wanted Mm -hmm. uh, or that you dreamed it would like there is still so much to be celebrated in that. Maybe there's even been the birth of a child since then, you know, who who knows? I'm not sure what the situation is, but there is plenty, maybe things that happened in your careers or with a, or with a a home or with a, a new pet that was, you know, gotten like, there's so many good things that you can celebrate in your relationship. Today. Yeah. And, and it's also on the day, like what did the day allow you to have? Is that like, did it also allow you to see your out of town family that you haven't seen in three years? Like Ooh, that's something one. to celebrate. Did it allow you to have a slumber party with your girlfriends the night before your wedding, which you haven't been able to do since you were in like high school and 13 years old because slumber parties for some reason are not cool anymore, which I think we should bring <laughs> slumber parties back. Yes. But that's something else to be grateful for. So for whatever, all the things or the, you know, normally if you think about all the things that went wrong and you write down all the things that went wrong, your list of things that went right was probably a lot bigger. And I've done that exercise a lot. And I'm always like, wow, like these two things that I'm so focused on really in the grand scheme of everything that occurred in that 24 hours, these two things were so small and like, it kind of just can help to give you a little bit of perspective and be like, wow, like I'm actually measuring this. Yes, for sure. 100%. I also, uh, and that simply what that is doing is you're adding gratitude into the mix. And I think whenever you can position yourself to remind yourself of the gratitudes you have in your life, it's going to affect you in a positive way. Ready for the next question? I am. Let's dive in. I'm a bride who has had depression and anxiety for a really long time. I'm looking for the cause of that. Ashley, you have some thoughts on this? I do. I think that therapy, genuinely, like I know this might just seem like a very pocket response, but therapy does wonders for people you can uncover so many things that maybe you never realized about yourself or where this is rooted from or what 
is consistent, like patterns of things that are consistently triggering, you know, that family of origin that we talked about back in like episode four, there are so many aspects of your life that are intertwined in your current self that therapy, talk therapy, I mean, there, there's a lot of different therapies. So many different types of therapy. Yes. It's, it's so important to talk to a professional and Chris and I are not mental health professionals. I almost said medical professionals. We're not that either, but (laughs) we're not mental health professionals. We just are fascinated in fascinated in mental health strategies and also how the wedding world is kind of um, ignored, but yes, becoming the best versions of ourselves. But I would definitely say to look into therapy because once, I mean, I've been to therapy before and I went for a long time. I was having a lot of panic attacks. I would have like debilitating six to eight hour panic attacks. I wasn't able to work. It went on for months of this like debilitating, not able to function. And while in therapy, I was given so many tools that allowed me to feel more in control of my anxiety and my body and make me be able to function and also figure out my therapist introduced me to codependency and that I have a habit of being codependent in my relationships. And that was something I was never aware of. So she recommended a couple of books. I still, to this day, listen to like podcasts on codependency. I try to continue to do these things. And this was all because I went to therapy and I have not had a panic attack in years. Like I've had little anxiety attacks, just little ones, but now I have control over it when it really was changing my life. And I owe 100% of my now mental well-being to going to therapy for like a six-month period of my life. That's amazing. <clears throat> I love to hear that. Um, you know, I think that there's a stigma that comes with seeing a therapist or seeing a counselor. Um, I think that there's some shame that people feel with that. And just know that there is nothing shameful about doing what you need to do to become the best version of yourself, to become a healthy version of yourself. And I think therapy is great for people who have maybe tried to tackle some things on their own, but for whatever reason, you know, have not been able to successfully pinpoint things. And so, you know, in in your question, it says that you've been wrestling with this for, for a bit. And so I actually think that a therapist would be able to help you uncover lots of things that are going on beneath the surface, um, partially, and, and here's why I also think it's really effective, because they're a third party. They have no dog in this fight. They are they are not going to try to pinpoint something on you to manipulate you or to make you do something. Like they are purely there to help you and to help you unearth what's going on beneath the surface um, of your life. And so that's why I think it's really, really effective. They're coming in and they are helping you figure out what's going on beneath the surface. Lara sees her therapist every Monday. We're you know, recording today and she's seeing her therapist today, uh, upstairs. And, um, you know, she talked about how it was hard at first because she didn't feel a connection, uh, and it took some time, but she felt safe with this person. And, uh, I think within, you know, two or three sessions, there was a connection that was established and she trusts this person and, and really can get their advice. I would also say, if you don't have a connection with one therapist and have a not great experience, do not give up on therapy because you, there is someone out there for you that can help you process that you will have a connection with. So don't give up on it if it does not work, you know, the first few times where there's no connection. The last thing I want to point out with therapy is what I'm just talked to Chris this morning about how I'm considering going back into therapy. 
and mainly it's, I mean, there's a variety of reasons. I'm a people pleaser and all these things that I kind of want to get a handle on, but I'm considering going to therapy and I told him money, like it's expensive. Like it's at least a hundred dollars a week. And that's like really, I talked to my husband about it and it's a lot of money, but there's also the other side of it. And I want to be the other side for you is yes, it's expensive, but it doesn't, it's not necessarily going to be permanent. There's a time period. Your therapist will be like, you know, I, I, I had my old therapist who she was like, I really think that you've made a lot of progress and I don't think that you need to come back weekly, but maybe let's move to monthly and they can like work you through that. And, but also you're making an investment in your, like a lifetime investment. So even though it's a lot, yes, it's painful right now for your pocket, but if you can live a more fulfilled, joyful life, it's worth it in the short, like it's worth it in the long term for you to have this short term burden. Like what can I give up or what can I make to do just to make this happen? And then there's also the more cost effective versions. If your insurance doesn't cover it, like better help and talk space online. I'm looking into them right now myself. Yep. I got okay. nothing else to add on that, but mm-hmm. I hope you really do. Um, seek, seek therapy because I think it will be very beneficial for you. Yeah. Yeah. No shame. It's no shame. It's, it was my favorite thing. Once I got into the groove of it, I, I've always felt so much better afterwards. Heck so. yes. Let's go ahead and tackle this fourth one. We got one more. We're going to okay. go ahead and tackle it. So question number four is what kinds of daily habits do you recommend for the start of the day for your mental health? And I actually think, or <laughs> I actually think if you could see Ashley now, she is namasteing. Yeah, love she this. is. She's ready for it. Um, I actually think it depends on your personality is what I would say. Yeah, I, um, agree. I, I think it depends on how you recharge. Are you someone that likes to start the day off with a bang, uh, hyped up, going all out? Are you someone that likes to start the day slow? Lara is very much a, she needs to have her cup of coffee, not because she needs the caffeine, but because she needs to silence the stillness, the warm drink. It could be anything. It could be warm milk, but that is a part of her morning ritual. She um, starts her day that way. I very much so because I'm a nine. I am very much about the inner peace uh, on the Enneagram. And so I love to start my day off before everyone else wakes up in the silence, in the quiet, uh, with either peppermint tea or a coffee like that is just oh that's just the sun shining through like like I'm up for sunrise like that just screams peaceful um starting my day off slow is amazing for me even if that Um, means you have to wake up a little earlier yes yes so I how how do you like to start your days what kind of habits oh I start strong I am the, I get coffee. I don't do anything else. I am going to work immediately. My mind is, well, everybody's mind. This is true about everybody, but everyone's mind is sharpest um, at the beginning of the day because they haven't made any decisions yet. And so you have the most prolonged ability to make hard decisions. So I try to do difficult things right away. Justin, my husband is the opposite. He's like Lara. He wants to wake up slow. So I like try to beat him up because when he gets up, I know he's going to want to spend intentional time together. So I love to do that in the morning. And then I always make myself my cup of coffee. It's I've been doing that now and I, it's, I very much enjoy my coffee. It's a treat. But another thing that I do see and not, but again, I'm working on saying and instead of, but so another thing that I do 
is a gratitude practice in the morning and I write down three things that I'm grateful for that have happened in the last 24 hours. And I've that talked about this before, but if the, you're only a mini so listener or haven't, didn't tune into that episode with the gratitude practice of three things, it has to be three little things. So it's so easy within to the fall last back. 24 hours. Yes. Otherwise yeah. you'll find yourself being going the easy way and being like, I'm grateful for my house. I'm grateful for my dogs. I'm grateful for my husband. And those, there's no feeling behind those grateful notion like there's nothing there's no feeling there like yes I'm grateful for those things but they don't give me an actual feeling I don't sit in it where instead like I could say today I am grateful that I looked outside and I saw that the bird feeder was empty and all the birds were around the bird feeder yeah and I went and I filled up the bird feeder and then I watched all the birds flock to the bird feeder and the way that made me feel was such like was so positive and warm and I, I remember what that felt like. And so when I'm writing that down the next morning, I'm able to go back to that feeling. Yep. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. I, yeah. So I think it's, that's what I would suggest. So you've had a lot of different suggestions. If you're someone who's religious, uh, some people like to start their day off with some sort of religious practice. That's something that people do. Um, if you're actually, some people work out in the morning to start out, like they yeah. want to boom, hit the ground running. Uh, I love to do that whenever I wake up extra early, like at five 30. Um, so yeah, those, hopefully those are some, some good ideas. Reading, I'm trying to just spitball journaling, uh, oh, any have of you those heard things. Of that jour- morning pages. Have you heard of that? I have. Yeah. So we, morning I actually pages. had downloaded it, but then I never did it. Really? Yeah. I don't remember where I first saw the concept of morning pages. Oh, I don't remember. I think it was somebody's podcast and essentially you open up a notebook, like just have a big notebook set your timer for 15 minutes. I think it is. I think it's around 15 minutes. I, oh, I thought it was an app. I thought I downloaded an app called morning. Pages. There might be an app for it as well, okay. but you can just do it. So it's something crazy, like 15 minutes or something. And it feels crazy. And you s- just start writing. So you just start dumping first thing in the morning and you just journal essentially. But like, it's just, I always free dump first form thing in the morning. thoughts that are <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <laughs> such a man but you just dump all of these thoughts onto the pages like I don't know what I'm gonna write today you know I'm thinking about how much I really want to have that coffee and turn on the tv but I have to finish these 15 minutes before I do that and like that's kind of how all of my morning pages started when I was doing this practice but then they always ended up uncovering things that are like really deep in my mind And then after like three minutes, I'd like hit another dull spot. And I'm like, I just wish I could stop writing and reach the end of the 15 minutes. And I don't know what else to say. And then all of a sudden, like this, like beautifulness just comes afterwards. It's always what comes after that block. But that's like a huge, I don't remember the benefits of it, but there's like a lot of benefits of doing morning pages. Last one I would toss out. If you are a music person, maybe some lo-fi in the morning Mm. or some instrumental stuff piano like i don't know maybe it's just rain sounds like who knows if you're yeah. a peaceful kind of person those yoga. things all sound great to me yoga yeah yoga. hopefully it's hopefully there's some good stuff in there that maybe sparked uh, a potential thing and all of those i think would be beneficial to your mental health yeah so definitely thinking about what it is that you enjoy because the thought of writing might make you want to vomit so don't do morning pages if that's going to be something that you know 
does not yeah. sound like something that's going to be fun for you. But. Do the things that you want to do and that yeah. would bring you joy and peace. Yeah. Heck yes. That was a well, really good one to end out on. So this all said, you guys probably know this already, but we are going to continue to do these Q&As. You can continue to send us questions. You can send them to us on our website and our contact form. Or the easiest way is to send us an Instagram message or respond to our Instagram highlight that says on Mondays. Yeah, yes. on Mondays. On Monday Mondays. mornings. And we, I was going to make another point. Oh, we're going to do real bride interviews. So if you know somebody or if you are somebody who has been married, has gone, has had a wedding and has something that they want to contribute or think that would be really, would be really beneficial for future brides, mishaps that happened at your wedding, really great, awesome things that you did that you think could inspire others. Any of that stuff. All the things. We are going to be doing interviews for the other segment on these Friday minisodes. Yeah. It'll be good stuff. Yeah. So thank you guys for listening and we will talk to you very soon. Have a great weekend. Later.